0: Hi guys, I'm Matt. I'm here with Scott with the NRL Bulldogs fan podcast. Uh, Unfortunate weekend, Scotty. Our last two remaining teams got eliminated. Yeah, I'm pretty sad. I was definitely, definitely very angry watching that game. I was watching the game on Fox League, and I was very upset. I can tell well, you, like can cut as much as an NRL finals match. Well, all the uh, all the Bulldogs fans out there can blame me for that one last week tipping that both sides would win. Obviously, the death knock. We'll get straight into the episode today with what's happening at Belmore. In uh, recent news, Sioli Katawa, the Penrith Panthers hooker, has signed with the Bulldogs. Uh, we're not sure for how long yet. It hasn't been reported, but he will be at the club next year, adding some depth to the hookering role. Him and Jeremy Marshall King will go head-to-head for that position. Yeah, that was your source. I was surprised by that. Oh, I'm not surprised by the signing. I just didn't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, it uh, was all on you. It broke today through Wild Sports. Uh, again, the club hasn't announced it, so we don't know length of the deal or anything so the details like that. To come. That's right, but it's it's probably a good signing. He's played 28 games for the uh, Panthers. He's probably, uh, I reckon, he's a better player than Leecher, so step up for us. Uh, and the Bulldogs have reportedly rejected the signing of a former New South Wales Blues player. Interesting. Do you know who that is? No. No one does. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no one does. a so they... reporter that's reported that uh, the Bulldogs have knocked back a former Blues player that was offered to them by another club. Uh, if I would had to have a guess, I'd probably think Josh Dugan, I'm guessing. Yeah, it'd be someone whose has, name has came out. Maybe Matt Moylan. Yeah, maybe. The thing, the, are the, tr- they are the trying back. to get, through, get rid of a few, yeah. Yeah, but the problem is, I feel like we've got in those backs positions, we've got that covered with young and old talent. Like it's not our main priority to go for. Yeah. So, I, just a little bit, I wouldn't be going after it's. I mean, it would be nice if we get a strike center, I suppose, or a, a strike outside back. But when it comes to depth, there. We looked at players like Morgan Harper making his debut this year for the one game he played really well. And you've got Will hopper which we'll talk about shortly, not too far away. Then you've got players like Dallin, Wattelin, Zesniak, Jane Ockermore, Nick Meany, Christian Crichton, all in the backs. Feels like we've got that cover. we're going to buy an absolute superstar. And I think Josh Dugan's on the way down of his career that we're not going to go for a back. That's correct. And... uh... That's it for What's Happening at Belmore, but we will go into the Bulldogs Awards night next. Alrighty, and What's Happening at Belmore Extended session today, hey, Scotty?
1: Yeah, it
0: uh, With the uh, awards night the Bulldogs had, uh, we'll, start, or we'll just go down the list and we'll have a discussion as we go. The Hazem El-Masri Jersey Flag Player of the Year, Xavier Pitaval. uh, He had a magnificent season, Mm. which he captained the Jersey Flakes squad and averaged over 100 running metres with 92% tackle efficiency. So congratulations to him. Brock that's a really good consistency award. And uh, fortunately injured in the finals. Yeah. So unable and that hurts a bit when you have someone that consistently performing, not playing in the big games of the season. So congratulations. Move on to the Terry Lamb Canterbury Cup Premiership Player of the Year, uh, and it's no surprise to us he's won uh pop watch a few times. Do oh, you Yeah, Yeah, well, you stole my line. I was going to say that he's constantly up there in the pop watch, and if he's not winning it, he gets mentioned. He gets like a little special mention in his performance. So, no surprise he plays. Diff- he's played a range of different positions from hooker, five-eight, and halfback this year. Uh, good running, good running game. And uh, yeah, it was just good. It was no surprise, really. It's constantly up there. We talked about every week. But on his way, unfortunately, leaving Belmore this year. The Harvey Norman New South Wales Women's Premiership Player of the Year for the Bulldogs was Maliga Rangi Rewe. and we apologise if we get the pronunciation of that one wrong. She was a hooker in that competition. Oh, good on her. I mean, I wish I could. Uh, Seen more of this competition? I'd love to see more, but unfortunately, I haven't seen too much. I don't want to make overly too much of a comment on this one. But congratulations, Steve Mortimer LRL rookie of the year. And again, probably no surprise, Jaden Ockelba. Yeah, I mean, there's no surprise, but I'm just wondering what's the uh, qualifications for this award? Is it a rookie in your debut season altogether or a debut season at a new club? Oh. I'd probably go club by club there, but I'd imagine it would be debut all over. Because I was just wondering if Nick Meany, I mean, like, someone like him, does he qualify for that? Like, he only played a handful of games for Newcastle. Or, like, a Jack Cogger. He played only a handful of games and nights. that I thought maybe they could have entered it. But if that's the case, if it's just your ultimate debut season, it's no surprise it goes to Dan (laughs) Walkenbaugh. All right, and the Les Johns Bulldogs Clubman of the Year, our captain, Josh Jackson. Well, it was, I think it was only up to really two players, to be honest, the Clubman of the Year. I think it would be him or Aiden Tolman, to be honest. But uh, Josh Jackson, I don't think there's anyone more deserving than him. And for yeah, he, really, he really led by the front uh, this season, as he always does. The Peter Warren Medal, which is the Bulldogs Community Service Award, and it's gone to Adam Elliott. You know, Adam Elliott's such a fantastic guy. You can get that thing, you get him off like how good he is when you go to members' days and how much time he's got for the actual members and how he chats to people. He's got a, a, such a nice mannerism about him, but the work with autism, with his brother's got autism, and the work he constantly does in that, in that field is second to none. And uh, he does such a, such wonderful work. And I think he should be recognized more often. But uh, congratulations, Adam. A bit of work's paid, paid off, and I hope you continue next year bigger and better off-field. The 2019 coaches Award went to Jeremy Marshall King. Yeah, congratulations to Jeremy. He started the year as a, the secondary hooker for the Bulldogs and ended up taking it. And then not just he when he was injured, he, Michael Leacher had it, and then Michael Leacher had it for a little bit after he came back from injury, then he took it back off him again. So twice in one year. The Karen Folks Award goes to Deliel Towers. Now she's had a 16-year involvement in the game that started as a volunteer at the Millparent oh. Colts uh, and has been a predominant part of the formation of the Bulldogs Gale Cup. So oh, good uh, recognition of there. Oh, fantastic work. And the big gong that Dr. George Propolis Bulldogs Player of the Year went to Will Hoppawadi. Fantastic achievement for Will Hoppawadi. I think he finished the season off really, really strongly. Um, the last like six weeks or not, he's either been our player's player or like the second-best player of the year. Like, second-best player of the week, sorry. So he's either winning it or the last couple of weeks. But uh, I thought there might have been... Is there anyone else who comes to mind for that award for you? No. Uh, uh, I think he'd have to, he'd have to take it if you're looking at the whole of the year sort of as a but complete snapshot. Like you think of Dallin would tell he's a whatever, one he's the late. best player, but he wasn't with us for the whole season, so <laughs> kind of puts a line for his name. That's it. So these uh, He players like Aiden Tolman, um, Corey how are we, or Lara perhaps, but then he got dropped this year. That's so true. Probably... So that's you... probably. Why? Maybe Aden Tolman might have been, and maybe Josh Jackson, as the top three. All right, let's jump into last week's review. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, it was not a good weekend for the Bulldogs 2019, coming to a very fast halt uh, in the Canterbury Cup when Werriwa Magpies defeated Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 26 points to 20 at Lyford Oval. When Werfel did lead the game 20-0 before halftime, halftime score was 20-6 before the Bulldogs made a huge comeback to get back to 20 or just to have our hearts broken in the final minutes of the game. For the Bulldogs, tries went to Morgan Harper, Jaden Ockermore, John Olive, and Banner Arthur. Goals: Jesse Mageski, two from four. Unfortunately, we only had 60% of completions, uh, forced dropouts. We lost that 3-1. We had 300 meters less, uh, 300 less running meters than the Wonder Rifle Magpies. Frustrating day. Frustrating day. It was just every time we we're doing something good, we just un- undid it. It's what it sort of felt like, especially in the second half. We were the more, I suppose, exciting team in the second half. We looked the most dangerous, but there was times where we were just, between the, our 30 and their 30, we would just drop the ball. We would just, just, just drop ball, force pass. Pass going too back backwards. Pass not seen. Players dropping the ball. Like I think Bronson Garlic, I think, had the... I don't know. Just distant from memory, I think he's had one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Like, you know I'm a fan of him as a player. Just drop ball. Just not expecting the ball coming at you. And there's players dropping the ball. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, Magpies should have won by a lot more. They should have won by a lot more the way the Bulldogs played. Well, it's was it was pretty, pretty impressive. To get back in. It was a pretty impressive display by the Magpies, especially in that first half. The left forward back was pretty much an NRL standard forward back. Well, yeah, that was Timmy Manor and David Gower. Yeah, they had.
1: Penny uh, Terrapo.
0: That's right, Terrapo as well. Um, but those three, McLearick about... and Hooker really carved us up. I thought those three, like Tim Manor, Ryan back the clock, he was running all the time, making good meters and quick play the ball every time. Pretty high those... quality. The game got into a quick, quick, pretty quick speed, especially towards the end of that game as well. It's almost NRL mm. speed at the back end of that second half. I think uh, poor Ben after giving him a rap last week. I think he had one. He was not playing very well last week, wasn't he? He was struggling a bit. Yeah, a few well, most, to... most players were. Well, probably just, just too much, just, uh, too much swapping and changing. Unfortunately, I think it might have hurt us in the Canterbury Cup level. Uh, a couple of players I could have dropped back of. We were in top grade at the end of the year couldn't because of uh they've had some surgeries. So, like, Manga and Raymond Futalemarenar would have been massive inclusions, especially against the yeah. Wenty Ford pack. They would have been able to hopefully like you know fight fire fire and stop it a bit. But the most frustrating yeah. bit now of that was finishing top four and going out in straight sets. Yeah, you know and the I thought was an interesting thing. I was watching Ophiki Ogden. I thought, didn't you know what the game set for him. You know. Yeah. Watching him play, like you know, like him and Denny Falalo, you know the, the two senior forwards in the National Cup. Yeah, they struggled big time to get any meters really in that game. They were struggling big time and they were getting dominated by Wentie Fords. It was not until came Kalachi came on. He was our best forward by far. It wasn't even until he came on that we started making some inroads. Well, yeah, and uh, Wentworth all of that first half giving us a taste of what was to come in the LRL the Parramatta Eagles on oh. the Broncos. We'll get to that a bit later. Did you have uh, Pup Watch player for that game? Did you have oh, one? Cause I've got one. I haven't picked one. No. Oh, sorry. I thought you might have picked one. I've picked Morgan Harper this week for Pup Watch. Fair enough. I picked him based on the um he he got through the metres but his first try remember that you remember that try when he well, obviously yeah. our first try of the half? That was insane. Oh, Yeah, yeah. Great, great, great footwork. Great footwork, but not just that, his hands. He had no right to catch the ball, let alone actually score the try. He, was, he just made it. It was not a great pass, and he still caught the ball. And His footwork got him over the line. I've got Morgan Harper. I think Christian Crichton deserves a wrap as well, making some really good metres, and he was dangerous on the edge playing centre. But apart from that, these few boys... like Morgan Harper ran 151 metres on the weekend. More uh, Christian Crump was the only person more than he had with 158, but like a line break for Morgan Harper, three tackle breaks, just you know, he just was trying to lead by front. You could see him a lot. Of, everything he was doing was leading by the front, and 17 tackles made for a center. That's crazy. It's high work rate. I saw him. He was trying to lead from front, trying to keep the Bulldogs in it. Just uh, trying everything. He was not afraid to do the big runs as well. There was a lot of the times where they were, oh, sorry, Wenty were dominating us and we had to go back. And uh, he was definitely one of the first ones to put his hands up for those outside back runs. And he was one of those ones. He was one of the first there. And him and Crichton Knock and were trying their best, but it's not to be on, on the weekend, unfortunately. And as we said, the Jersey Flag season is also now over as well. They went down to the Sydney Roosters 28 24 in extra time. For uh, the Bulldogs, tries to rumble Tass Talao and Harding, as well as Seve. goals. Topai kicked two from five. Um, goal kicking. <laughs> yeah, no. I thought I thought that too, but the Roosters only kicked two from six. So. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. It might have been difficult. I don't think it was over really difficult conditions. It might have been when the trials were scored. But I was scrolling through this game, updating my phone all the time for that one. Just sitting there, finding out we got an extra time, and how the Roosters got to a start, then the Bulldogs chased them, and the Roosters got, and the Bulldogs got it. And I was like, "Oh, come on, this is for us to win." With credit to them to keep keep coming back every time they were behind. There's times where they, I think you could have said, look at the scoreboard that the Roosters could run away with it, but they wouldn't let them. They made them do it the hard way. But again, very heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking way to lose a finals game in extra time, don't you agree? Yeah. Knowing oh, of that course. you enough to, live, especially with a top four team who able, you know, you levelled with them, and then. Just they need the extra, the extra 10 minutes to separate, sure. It's heartbreaking, especially against a club that we hate. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a strong All road. Right. you spot it on. So that's uh, Pop watch and last week review done for this week. That's on the show where we've got an old dog where we look at an old bulldogs player, have a quick chat about chat about it, but this week we've done the swap. I usually pick it. This week, Matthew's done the picking. And who have you got this week, Matthew? Well, I've decided to continue with the theme option. And uh, last week, it was a very special person's birthday. And we're going to go with him, Terry Lamb. Well, oh, happy birthday, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, happy birthday to uh, Tezza. Uh, 350 first grade games. Nice round figure that. He scored 164 tries, 386 goals, 1,000. 442 points overall, 262 of those games were for the Bulldogs, 88 for the Magpies, he played in 23 finals games, 19 for the Bulldogs, 8 test matches for Australia, 4 games of those were World Cups, 7 State of Origins for New South Wales, 1 game for City First, 1 game for City Origin, he was a daily of 5 Eight for the year in 1984, 1984. Sorry, 1983, 1984, 1986, 1987, 1991, 1992, and 1993. He was the Daily Air Player of the Year in 1983 and won the Rothmans Medal in 1984. What a career. Uh, Slightly on the south, on a lesser uh, note, he coached the West Tigers from 2001 to 2002. But Terry Lamb, uh, one of the greatest 5'8s ever to play for the Bulldogs. And renowned for his uh, support play. Well, I did actually do that t- tweet for his birthday. Um, only, yeah, I did tweet for his birthday during uh, last week. Um, one of the questions oh, I was speaking to a few, I think it was actually George, a, a regular listener. I said, Is he the best 5'8 to ever play for the Bulldogs? And he came back with no, he's the actual best player. To play for the Bulldogs, Matthew Cole. It's it's hard to disagree, and it's actually gonna. It's given. um, I don't know me an idea which we actually have talked about for future podcast episodes to put player against player, maybe in slightly different eras, and who would you got in their prime? (laughs) Because I thought instantly Steve Mortimer. Like Steve Mortimer might have to say, "Excuse me," to that one, (laughs) to best player of the Bulldogs. Like not just that, but um a massive core but a lot of people agree with him and uh, you can't say it's they've they got a good argument for that one Yeah he's a very tough player uh, and his finesse in ball playing skills and support play was amazing but really led led the team up front, real leader as well Tough, Yeah like you said, uh, tough but you don't have to, if you just took away from his playing and just looked at his career stats. It tells you a story. Like, how many awards did this guy win? He can't stop winning them. It yeah, tells seven, you a bit about him. Seven times daily at uh, 5.8 of the year. Is that a record? <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't looked at it. but has got to be um, a record. It's got to be a record for a Bulldog player at 5.8 for sure. Yeah, geez, like we've had some good ones, but, geez, the support play he did, he's done, what he's renowned for, His running game. And for such a short guy, too. He's not tall at all. So, nah. it's very tough. He punches well above his weight. Yeah. And he, also he's had, still... he had a fairly successful career with the Magpies, by Magpie standards, by Western Suburbs standards. Um, Actually, Funny, you actually remind me. I put the thing, What was your favorite Terry Lamb moment? I see if people can pick one moment. A few people couldn't pick one, Not picking. some said his whole entire career the Bulldogs. But a West Tigers fan actually responded and said his time at the Magpies. I thought that was funny. We could just add that in. <laughs> his yeah. time at the Magpies, the 88 games there. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, 95 grand final got to be up there for moments with Terry Lamb. Oh, yes. The um, well, same. So, so many moments, yes. Uh, and obviously, he got—he pr- probably got thrown into a head coaching role way too soon in 2001 and struggled as a coach at the West Tigers. Mm, especially a brand-new merger club, too. It was a brand-new club. Yeah. I just wonder, though, like he still does a lot of work for the Bulldogs. You get to meet him regularly at Members' Day. He's always around, taking photos and having a chat. You can uh, even with more Morton, You can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic to have at the club. Well, I wonder if Terry's got the desire to do any coaching because he did a bit of reserve grade coaching for the Bulldogs for a while as well. Yeah, and he was a better coach. He was a better coach doing that sort of stuff. He had a lot more knowledge under his belt at that time. Uh, I I couldn't see him being a head coach again, but perhaps an assistant somewhere down the line. Yeah, Um, it's up to him. He's opened up a bit of of, of avenues for the Bulldogs. Uh, He does a lot of work on like, the club culture and what Bulldogs mean to him for new players who come in and young players who come to the Bulldogs. So he does still have a role, I suppose, and a very important integral role to the Bulldogs actually performing on the field because it's all about culture. Yeah. It's all I'll about just... knowing what the blue and white emblem means, what does the, the blue and white, what does the blue and whites mean to the fans, and not just the fans, the past players, the legends. I just to see think... him wanting to be a head coach. yeah. No, I can't see it anymore. I think if he would have, I think he would have seen him have another crack down the path and maybe even gone for the role maybe when Desi came or even after Des Hasler but he didn't really, there was nothing saying he put his hand down, up for it. Put his hand up. Yeah. Alright, so happy birthday Terry Lamb, our old dog of the week. Alright, Scotty, rugby League, well time and a uh change of plan here because news is broken today that I think it was six Brisbane Broncos players were seen in a pokey's room at a Sydney pub until 11pm that night, the night before their record finals loss of 58 nil to the Parramatta Eels. Um, and one player, the Peter, was there to midnight. There's no suggestion that any player was drinking, and they've done nothing wrong as far as uh, breaking the law or anything like that. They weren't upsetting anybody. But uh, severely unprofessional behaviour. Yeah, you know what? I'm not only shocked if, if, if it's true, like if it's 100% true story because well, the, the bron- Broncos have confirmed it. Oh, they've confirmed it. Okay, sorry. You, you're you the one who broke it to me just as we were recording. Before prior recording. Yeah. So it's it's not surprising, okay. I want to change the way it's not surprising that's happened with six players. Yep, because they were awful, they uh, were just crap. Well, was... we're going to speak about the, the Broncos being horrendous next, but on this topic, um, it was said that the Broncos made a statement today saying that all players uh arrived for a 7 a.m. breakfast. Or a team breakfast, which is, um, there's a few people on, on TV at the moment saying that players should be able to do whatever they want in their free time. But I tell you what, preparing for a finals game, surely the, the first preparation is your sleep. If you're yeah. out to 11 p.m., but have to be at the breakfast at 7 a.m., well, there's only eight hours between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m., and you probably didn't sleep for all of them. No, yeah, What do they? We don't know what they did back in the hotel room as well. After that's right, the most professional more... sports player, the most professional sports players in the world, uh, are so by the clock. What when, What they eat? What time they eat? When they sleep? How much sleep they get? It's all part of their preparation to be the best they possibly can be. And obviously, this wasn't the case with the Broncos. Interesting enough, you can almost to give. Uh, players like Haas and Fafita for being young, inexperienced uh, and, and, and just following more senior players, but Anthony Milford was involved. Anthony Milford, really? A million dollars a year, he's reportedly on. A and senior he, player he was he was out playing pokies to eleven PM. So first of all, uh, like you said I've read multiple sports books, and the first thing they talk about is when they're talking about a big match or a big game for themselves. You said it's sleep. Preparation. It's about sleeping at the right time. It's about working out how you can get your best eight hours of sleep, how you feel, and all that, and that's how you assess. I don't know if those players, you know... So the breakfast was at 7 a.m., correct? Yeah. So there could have been a dress code to this breakfast? I'm sure it wasn't pajamas or sleepwear or whatever. So I don't know if they had to put the Broncos polos on or you know, the Broncos gear or if it was just your casual clothing just for the breakfast to gather. But there's a sense of uh of as I said, like you sense of, you know, getting up making yourself look good, I think for one as well, being professional in that sense. For your teammates, respecting your team, I reckon. Being trying to look good. Trying to be the best feature. But to be playing Hokies the night before, I couldn't think of anything worse. They could have done that the previous two, couple of nights before. Before they did a yeah. the trip to Sydney.
1: When they had yeah, a nice so
0: training. I've just looked it up. Just looked up the timing. and It was 7am the next morning. So there you go. <laughs> but, I don't know. I'll just put it personally. If I was going to a 7am breakfast, I'd probably like to at least be up by 615 <laughs> Just yeah. to get myself ready. Just get myself ready, especially putting respect to the other players. As well. I'd be at least in bed by ten. Anyway, one yeah, more, least. one more bit of information about this is that it's been reported that a <laughs> member of the public who recognised the players were sitting next to the players, who knew what time kickoff was the next day, has reportedly asked Anthony Milford, "What time is the game tomorrow?" And Anthony Milford's response was, I think it's about six, yeah. What? So what got is this player who's got a million dollars a year out to eleven PM at night the night before a the most important game of the season? Doesn't know what time the kickoff is. He has one job all week. Get ready for kickoff. How do you not know what time kickoff is? Yeah, it's all about you know, doing the bus. I'm imagining the Broncos took the bus in, even if how close, no matter how close they stayed to Parramatta, just for the safety things. Well, they are in city, but yeah. Oh, they're actually in the city, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I've seen teams actually Melbourne stay actually in the Novotel at Parramatta and then take the bus from there, yeah. which is a walking distance, so they can go into Parramatta, to just safety and stuff like that. But there's these little prep things, you know, what time the bus is, you know, when to be on the bus, you know... What time I well, should get you to the venue? What like what's the ultimate goal from like the bus to the venue? You should know what time your warm ups are. You should know what time you should start getting dressed. Well, let, these let's things com- are made publicly for those players. Let's compare him to somebody else who's also on a million dollars. Let's Cooper Croc. Would Cooper Croc mm-hmm. be playing pokies at 11 p.m. Thursday night? I don't know if he would play pokies the week before a game because <laughs> it's all about sleep <laughs> for the prep between the weeks. Uh, would Cooper Croc know what time kickoff is? Oh, he'll know what time a kickoff is, and he would probably tell you in those games when you know, it's a 4 o'clock kickoff, he would probably tell you it's about 5 plus right. or 10 plus 4 because of the, the gap for the TV. Yeah, he would have told yes. you that. He would have told you 4.07 yeah. because of the gap for the TV. Yeah. yeah. run, uh, Like, these are basic things mm. that somebody who's on a million dollars a year should know, or any professional athlete should know. People are saying, oh, they should be able to do what they want in their free time. I agree, as long as it doesn't break any rules, but um, or any laws. But this is part of your preparation for the game. Sh- this has had to break in preparation rules for sure. Sure, well, if it I hasn't, you're going. Oh, if it hasn't, well, the Broncos, the coaching staff of the Broncos, <laughs> the staff in within the Broncos, if it's the team manager or whatever, and leadership group, which yeah. I think Milford would have been a part of part of it. But anyway, if he's not a part of it in this argument, should come together and make these little rules the night before or what, what's expected two nights before and the night before when it's getting really close to kickoff. It wasn't a Monday night. It wasn't like he finished training Monday night. He's not training Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. So that's different. When they, you've got a 16-hour turnaround between training sessions, they might have an afternoon session or something. That's different. But he's got to be ready for work, which is training and playing football. Oh well, Yeah, that's right. Now, we'll, we'll move on. The uh, Broncos... Were horrendous last week, but Para. But has Para played their grand final already? That's interesting. Uh, it was actually one of those games that I was like, a lot of fans were suggesting that um, Para blow the big moments and stuff like that. And they thought the first Bank West finals game it could have been the perfect start for Broncos to come from by. Yeah, I, I think they might be, I think that might be it for Para this year. I think that was 2019 for them done. Yeah, I think Melbourne will beat Parra this weekend. And, I actually think uh, Melbourne will do it comfortably as well. I think the worst thing happened to Parra was Raiders winning. <laughs> <laughs> puts them on the wrong side of the draw. I was puts speaking, them on the wrong. Yeah. Oh, just sorry. Puts them on the wrong side of the draw and puts them against the pissed off Melbourne side. I was speaking they, to they an, lost uh, Melbourne. Speaking to an Eagles fan today and said they were very excited. And I said, "Yeah, but you got to go beat Melbourne." in Melbourne, and they said, "Yeah, well, if they play like that, they will." So yeah, but then after that you go to play the Roosters, and they're like, "Oh, we play the Roosters in the grand final." I was like, "No, nope, you have to beat Melbourne, and then the Roosters just to make the grand final." But so even don't worry about cool. if they even did that, yeah, that's it's going to be something physical. They got to beat the storm in Melbourne. It's going to be tight. It's going to be close. It's going to be hard. It, that's what they need to beat. They need a close score. They're not going to win 58-0 <laughs> or whatever no. it was on the weekend. They'd, they'd be lucky to win by four points. It, Six points at max. I think if, if it's that, close, I think if it's close, power don't win. No, need, to I, win by, need to win by about 10 points if they're going to you beat Melbourne. I don't America. think they can do that. Yeah, I think they have got to play aggressive, but I don't think they will. But even if they were to beat Melbourne and then versus the Roosters at the SCG, about yeah. the Roosters, how much do they have in the tank on grand final day? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it, it almost be walked into the Raiders, someone like the Raiders who've had the week off. They might walk in nice, still pretty fresh, only played one game in the last three weeks. And the, yeah. I reckon they'll come across like a, two of the most bur- uh, brutal games of the season if they were to advance through those next two games. And Raiders will be nice and fresh, players feeling good. And you'd just see the power of players hobbling a bit, <laughs> a bit stiff, a bit sore, a bit sorry. What yeah, possibly. Uh, so yeah. even if that was to happen, a miracle, oh, it would be good. It would be good to follow. I mean, not uh, not being a Moodles fan, but just to follow that that fairy tale run will make some good f- theatre in the game of rugby league. If Power were to go through the grand final or beat Melbourne at least, 100%. So we're by on Melbourne this weekend. Before yep. we move on, uh, South versus Manly, it's not a topic, but one word. Who do you reckon will win? Oh, so, South to win. We're gonna go Manly. Manly, it's hard, I looked back. No, but I looked back when tipping this, and you look back in the first time Manly at Brookvale won by the one point in Golden Point, yeah, the Syria Evans field goal, I think it was. And then at ANZ, they won just prior to Golden Point South Sydney with Adam Reynolds, I think making a seven point lead. And it was just enough before Manly scored a try, and it was just enough to take the win, if I remember correctly. It was a really, both of them were really good games of football. But well, I yep. think Souths are going to bounce back. I think very embarrassing on the week before against the Roosters. So I think they've got to show something in front of the faithful fans. So You'd hope so if you're a Souths fan. Moving on, can anybody stop the Roosters? <sighs> Raiders. A couple of weeks ago, they'll win back-to-back premierships. Is there anyone that can stop them? Raiders can. Will Raiders, Raiders do it? Raiders can. I don't know if they'll do it, though. The potential to do it. Yeah. They pushed them a couple of weeks ago at Cambrook in a good game. Yeah. A couple of months, maybe months ago. They beat Melbourne and Melbourne. I'd hate to say it, but I think the Roosters are going to win back to back premierships quite comfortably. I don't know, but to me, it looks like the Roosters are almost a, uh, like when they're on and they're, they're on at the right time at the moment, they look like an almost an international team or a test team. Playing in, the, in our old comp. Okay, if they do win, Roosters yeah. win, back-to-back, back, that's the headline. Cooper Cronk, does he just go straight into being a immortal? <laughs> no, but I'm being, well, I'm being deadly serious. Like, you know, they talk to Cameron Smith, the future immortal, and maybe Jonathan Thurston from this era. Yeah, well, that's I think... Three, you know, I think that's, that's three grand finals in a row. You'd have to, uh, you'd have to wait five years to be considered. Yeah, but I reckon across. that pushes people like Cameron Smith and Jonathan First or one of them, out. Well, oh, okay. right. yeah. For the next well, one, the thing that Cooper would have over the top of them is winning um, multiple premierships and grand finals at multiple clubs, yeah, but then three in a row as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I, I probably haven't said it before on uh, this podcast, but uh, you know that I, I have always rated Cooper Krog higher than I've rated Jonathan Persson. I know it's yes. controversial, but I've always done that, so uh, you know, my opinion on that, yeah, well. Might um, use that as a, in one of the headlines for rugby league world. Cooper Cronk, better than Jonathan Thurston. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, it was amazing. You've <laughs> got to say uh, with that statement when Thurston and Cronk were playing together for Australia, it was best of everything, wasn't it? Yeah, and then when the Cronk was injured in Origin, that was a New South Wales one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just bringing it out. Alrighty. Can we keep uh, on the through of finals? I know it's not down on the thing, but I just thought it would be weird if we don't talk about Joey LaLua getting knocked with uh, some debris in the eye from a firework while oh. running out before the game. That was a massive talking point. I just thought of it now in the moment of finals. <laughs> Have finals. When you think you've seen it all, rugby league provides something new. It was just remarkable. It was... Not for him. <laughs> not for him. Like, Let me rephrase that. It's just, it just like it was a drama show. Well, I think Ricky Stewart said if anyone, if that was going to happen to any player, it happened to him. <laughs> You'd pretty much have to agree with that. It turns out um, they're supposed to run through the arch. I've been—I yeah. haven't seen the footage, but I've been told that uh, the arch. Sorry, I've been told that uh, Joey's actually run off to the side. You know how you see the players run off to the side of the cheerleaders? Yep, that's exactly He's run off to the side of the arch, and that's what's caused the problem. Um,
1: yes, that's what I've got
0: probably say safety wise it shouldn't matter but um, the other interesting thing is it wasn't a firework it was a sparkler uh, yeah it's a sparkler sorry yeah that's why i learned the term sound like firework makes it sound like a good headline but it was a bit of sparkler uh, and also debris from a sparkler uh and interesting i only saw this last night It's not exactly rugby league but you know those big uh fire <laughs> fire throwers i guess or flame throwers we have at the football Yes, yep. At the end of each field. Well, they're doing that in America for the NFL. And the game between, between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts, one of them fell over and caused a fire on the field. There we go. I did not So just, just, just when you think the NRL has, has done something with uh, pyrotechnics that uh, you won't see anywhere else in the world, the NFL gets one up on the NRL. Oh, it's a, plan, obviously, playing. Yeah. But just the Joey Malone, like you said, you're correct. He was meant to run around, and it was reported by Fox Sports after it happened. Like oh, well, after it happened, he was meant to run through it. The Players were informed whilst running on the field that it's best to run under it and through. There's yeah. the replays of it again. Well, not the replays of the Joey one. I saw some highlights again of the Raiders and the Storm game. Actually, when they were showing the Melbourne running out, a few of the Melbourne players actually ran to the side as well. So, they should count themselves lucky they weren't the brain, the eye. <laughs> but he obviously saw he struggled big time. He was when he was walking yeah. down the tunnel yeah. to get this checked out, he almost walked into the massive beam. He did not see it coming. He almost walked into it. He stepped at last second. Um, but he did something amazing. He almost tell say with one eye of the headline was that he provided the flick pass, what scored the match winning try. Yeah. So, what a night for Majority Low Little, the afternoon downs in one night. Um, amazing and then of course apparently he's been linked to the Bulldogs next year because everyone else has one I think quickly what do you think about that should we get Joey Leilua? oh I like his playing ability I just don't like sometimes his attitude if we can fix the attitude I'm all for Joey coming to the Bulldogs in a strike centre but that would mean to me that's the end of Will Hoppawati yeah fair cool um, let's continue with Rugby League World if we're all done with finals? Yes, correct. Okay, cool. The Tonga boycott of the end of year. Lions World Cup and the uh, the Test Matches. We've talked about it before. But apparently that's still going to go ahead as uh, Garth Brennan has been named uh, the Lions coach of Tonga and a former Kiwi coach that hasn't coached since the 90s or something has been announced as a Test Match coach. Um not good science, for the Rugby League, unfortunately, disappointing a lot of fans um, that, would, that the Toggan side would bring across if this does go ahead. But um, the NRL has started peace talks with the players and the, the Toggin National Rugby League organisation. So uh, it's not the NRL's job to do this. So I think it shows real leadership from, a, from an organisation that the fans like to beat up on and a lot of people do, the NRL this, the NRL that, rah, rah, rah. Uh, it's good to see that we've actually got some leadership in there and they're trying to come up with a, a solution that gets the best players out on the field for Tonga at the Lions uh, World Cup and also the uh, Test matches. Also, they do have an invested interest this year, I suppose. The NRL is running the, uh, the Nines World Cup. Well, I'm glad they've stepped up. Like you said, they do get bashed a lot. Like almost, they can do it a hundred things right and one thing wrong, and that's the thing that everyone focuses on. Yeah, I don't mean, think in the idea world, uh, like you could see. I mean, I know we're talking about talking about, like you said, the the finals. Like they made a big bash up on Paul the Touchy Michael Wise. I think it was for the one call, and it was just a big media thing. But I'm just using that as an example. Maybe it was just how was debacle refereeing can be, or how low can it go. But yeah, it's they're looking after future events and things that are the Tonga rugby league. One of the reasons, one of the reasons I really want to go to the Lions is to see, see Tonga because I think yeah. they could win because I think they can win yeah. if they have Jason Andrew Fafida, uh Andrew Fifita, For Forsetiila. So, so, uh, you know just the speed, but I reckon they could win through power and they've got enough exciting backs to get yeah. the job to get the job done. Um, I so i have like just Andrew. got. to qu- we just got to quickly finish up this segment real quick but the just in case anyone doesn't know the and players are demanding that the uh, chairman uh, stood down. But well, that will be it for Rugby League World this week. <laughs> Guys, it's time for listeners topics and well Scotty we just discussed it it's the last listeners topic of the year. That doesn't mean we're we're disappearing from the off season. We will continue throughout the off season but possibly in a different format but uh at the moment, well, the, list, uh, the listeners, our Twitter followers, there was a lot of love for Terry Lamb uh, in the past week. Of course, yeah, Terry Lamb had his birthday on Sunday. Uh, some, like we said at the early of the show, were saying he's the greatest ever bulldog to ever play, and some even say he's the greatest of all time. Massive course, but the goat. The goat. Yes, I did actually respond to someone with the goat emoji. Was was that was me, by the way. I did the goat emoji back to someone. I, um, but, I know, think of, uh, um, I feel the goat emoji has to be emoji of the year. It's really coming to fashion this year. Yeah, it does, isn't it? <laughs> everyone's the goat now. New thing, everyone's the goat. Everyone's amazing as a goat. But yeah, yeah. but also, you know, thinking about it, there wasn't just stories shared about these, some people's favourite moments when on the field, some of the people's favourite moments were meeting him in certain days. Seeing him outside of football and saying just in the fact that actually Terry Lewis is actually a really nice guy outside of football was the yeah. actual the most amazing thing about him because you know, some people it's nice to see that someone you look up to, there's nothing better than someone you're looking up to, is actually a nice person so off the field, it just completes the picture, it completes the thing for you. So on Twitter, Lee Bobs Bruce at little bwana, so little bwana, <laughs> uh, he says, Goat. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a uh, Andy Vass uh, from Twitter. I actually met Terry Barland at the State Sports Centre in Hobart in 1992. It was yep. indeed a memory I will never forget. Shaking hands with this awesome player and tell him that I support our beloved Canterbury Bays Town is one of the best experiences for me. Um, and pretty much, that's there's just a couple of examples of uh, of um, tweets that came in. Um, at hell uh, at Apple on Twitter. Every game, every try, every goal, every backup, every field goal I ever saw do whilst playing at Belmore in, in other grounds except for one game. There's Newcastle at Belmore, at Belmore sorry, neither two got one. Oops. Uh, talk about emojis. There's a few emojis in that one too. Um, <laughs> Sir Slav said, uh, great man, I had the pleasure of serving you with a few VOs. Those were the days. Wally T, always. Great club there. Happy birthday, champ. So, um, so that's all. Like That's the type of messages we are coming through. A lot of old photos as well. Uh, it's been fantastic. Well, here you go. He's won. Ted, Ted Baxter. Uh, Ted, at Ted Baxter 99. Better than, better than Daly. Better than Lewis. Better than Fittler. Better than Lockyer. Better than Kelly. Big call, but I think- you might say he's got a blue and white eye on, but he's definitely got, a, he, he definitely can argue that point. Hell of, a, hell, hell of a bad apple again, better than Lego, obviously, and Maddie Johnson. Oh, yeah, Maddie Yeah, better than Lego. <laughs> Jonathan Seaton, uh, my hero. Uh, there you go. So good, there. so good to share. It was like when we had the Steve Waterman birthday earlier this year. One of our first we shows we're recording. It was this kind of same love. Um, um, sorry, some... one, got one more here, Scotty, we'll read before we yeah, really um, move on, just because uh, it's, it's just I just saw it, and uh, it's a good one. At Wolf Bulldogs, my fav- he said, uh, My favourite moment, the 1995 Grand Final, with Terry's dream came true to captain a premiership-winning Bulldog side. He deserved that so much, he was beside himself with happiness. One of the great catering moments for me besides the 98 comeback versus Eels. Oh, classics. <laughs> great stuff. So uh, we, we appreciate those messages, obviously. and I'm sure Barr does as well, the ones he's seen. Um, but to round off the show... Uh, I was going to say tonight. I thought we were live then for a second, <laughs> Oh, We can be one day. You never know. Maybe. Uh, but to round off... Uh, the show, the final show in this um in this format for the season. Uh we've got a few announcements i to tell you, Scotty. Yeah, I've actually thought of one before I actually said anything, oh, before I actually told you that I'm gonna have some fun in the off season and compare some players from different maybe different eras. Of who would you like? Just a bit of fun in the off season to keep us going. Who would you rather type of thing? that'd be a bit of fun. Oh, we have a bit of a chat about and- it on the podcast. So is that a segment? Who would you rather? Yeah, well, I thought we could jump it in and, you know, weekly do one, one or two a week. Uh, and and is to this compare a few different players in different positions. Uh, just to start off with the top of the head, I'm, we, don't uh, know. we could yeah. use a Terry Lamb and Steve Mortimer one. That, that's a really good one. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, you didn't tell me that one before we hit record. No, I uh, didn't. No, it just I'm excited me. by that one. I, it actually just hit me just now and I knew you'd like it. That's why yeah. I decided there to we drop go. it here without you knowing. Well, we're going to have to do it now. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we're doing it. That's good. I knew you'd like it. I knew you'd jump on board. So, Ooh, like you know, even the hasman Dow Dal Halligan one, just off the All top right. of the head. But I won't give away too much. All right, cool. Um, but uh, next next week's episode, uh, we're going to do yep. a, a breakdown of the of each individual player that played for the played for the club in this season in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, <gasps> So we'll have to do a little bit of more research for that one, Scotty, and uh, yeah. make sure that we're across it completely, um, and then put some real thought to it. And give a give a. What are we going to do? Are we going to do player ratings. We're going to do what? Five oh, stars, gonna... three out of five stars, or are we going to do out of ten? What, what's what's the guy? I reckon out of ten, but a few of them might be a little bit warped. I guess you could say. Yep. Because I want to be more. I don't know. You can rate the way you want to rate, and you can give the reason why. But I want to rate players on their role in the team, per se. So some players had smaller roles as well, like or less game time or less games.
1: Oh, so, so somebody like be
0: a little so bit. for an example, like a uh, a Dede that might have spent a lot of time in reserve grade yep. compared to someone that played twenty games might have yeah. a lower rating, not because of performance, but because of uh, output. Yes, exactly. Like, right. like you said, like like a doing falalo, yeah, leech that type of thing. if they spend so, most numbers, they're great. It can be a bit warped. And so if, give, so if we give a player a four or a five, it might not necessarily be performance based only. Mm. <laughs> I'll explain every time I do mine and you do yours. We'll just run through why we've come up with that number. Yep, but. And we'll try to back it up. And we want people to come on Twitter and say, hey, you're wrong. And I think you're, oh, yes, I agree. That's actually a good summary. Whatever. Like, just we want to create a conversation with this. It's got to be a bit of fun in the off-season. We know the yeah. off-season can be long. can be a little bit dull. So we want to create as much fun as we can in the off-season as well. So that's so there you go, guys. Next, in the off-season. So next week is the 2019 NRL <laughs> Bulldogs fan podcast <laughs> review of the season. And then uh, the week after that, Scotty, another announcement. We're starting our um, couple of weeks ago. We got asked to do a top five Bulldogs players in every position. Um, I think it might have been last week. Actually, we got asked. Yeah, ones. it was last week. Too, yep. too much, too much to do in one of our our uh, our season episodes that are in this format. But we're actually going to start that in two weeks' time. We'll start with the fullback. We might lump, I'm not sure yet, depending on how much it takes to, uh, to get one of those episodes off the ground. I'm not sure if we'll do fullbacks, wings, and centres, or, or if we'll just do fullbacks one week and wingers the next week, uh, and that sort of thing. But um, in two weeks' time, so next week we've got the, the review uh, of the seasons, and the week after that we start our top five of all time Moodle's players in each position. And um, we've got one extra position that you mentioned last time uh, the utility spot off the bench. There we go. Yep. Thank you. You actually <laughs> remembered best bench player, which they're now giving yeah. a daily award too. So I suppose we have to do it as well. I like it. Uh, well, that's why I said it. That's why I like it. Um, <laughs> one more announcement it just came to me before we forget as well. Unless you want any more? No, just about done. The person behind our videos and our little photo edits and stuff like that. Yep. Courtney, she'll be running a new thing for position players this year. Again, it was a massive hit last year. Put the positions, it was all her idea to get the best positions. And because of how good it ran last year, we're going to run it again. We're going to have more players. We're going to have some fun with that. So you vote for who you want to play. And it's not just highlight Twitter. I'm going to do a Twitter and Instagram team and compare the pair as well. So that will be right. starting post. After the grand final this year, so that's further down the track. Well, we need to know the squad and all that first, but yeah, yeah. So that's why it's going to be starting later. But uh, work's been done behind already to start looking at the look at the fullback and the winger spots, who we can put down in it already, and um, making the video as fun as possible and as creative as possible. The work's been started on that already, so we'll be looking to start posting them after grand final as well. So, that's yeah. going to be exciting the off-season. I'll run through Christmas and probably have our team ready in January or February. If you, have, if you haven't already, go back and look at the last video that was posted. Uh, the best video yet from Courtney. Best video yet from Courtney. She's been doing amazing work. She's having fun with them too. Uh, I think her favourite part, she just she told me before, her favourite part of it all was the actual Reese Martin part because she's a massive fan of Reese Martin and yeah, that's, that's right. why she put three tries into for Reese. and she said Leecher doesn't deserve three, I think she said. <laughs> well, oh, no, I'm just being cheeky. Oh, I'm oh. quite... oh, just being cheeky. Is that, is we that might have to go on for a podcast episode and explain where she comes up with some of these ideas. Well, if I, know Cor- if I know Cornish, she's probably got red-faced and put her head in her hands. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what's happened? It's exactly what's happened because she's actually sitting next to me whilst this is happening. Oh, but uh, I'm sure we can get her on. Um, we'll ask the fans if they need to how she gets this, and we will sure we can get her on for a short segment. And you'll Yeah, section. well, we're we're open to having as many voices on this podcast as we said before as possible. Uh, it's not our podcast; it's the fans' podcast. Yes. So I think I think that I think we might leave it on that one, basically. Hey, yes, that's I'm over announcements. <laughs> all righty thank you for listening scotty what are the socials follow uh tweet us at nrl bulldogs fans send us a pic on instagram or greg's message at nrl bulldogs underscore fans pg fix only please guys pg only pg only oh, okay <laughs> you ruined some fun in the office. no i'm kidding and <laughs> flick us an email if anyone emails anymore we had one earlier this year nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com give us couple, We've had a few, had but a few. I would like some more. Or yeah, please like our good friend Trannosaurus. Uh, if I hope I pronounced it correctly, one of our good friends who has been listening, he's been giving us a lot of audio messages. I've actually tried to get him to give us another one, but if you need to give us all this message, please see our anchor page which will be posted while this podcast is being when we share this podcast. You can also download that app and just search Anchor in the App Store or the Play Store yeah. and download that app and do your audio message, audio message there. You can do it for as long as you want. So if you want to record half the show for us, go for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put you in. <laughs> so leave All us an right. audio message. That's it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take care.